1 Corinthians 12, 12 through 31. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in the one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and we were all made to drink of one spirit. Indeed, the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot would say, Because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear would say, Because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole body were hearing, where would the sense of smell be? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many members, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the members of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And those members of the body that we think less honorable, we clothe with greater honor, and our less respectable members are treated with greater respect. Whereas our more respectable members do not need this. But God has so arranged the body, giving the greater honor to the inferior member, that there may be no dissension within the body, but the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together with it. If one member is honored, all rejoice together with it. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. And God has anointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then deeds of power, then gifts of healing, forms of assistance, forms of leadership, various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all possess gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret, but strive for the greater gifts? And I will show you a still more excellent way. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. The body is a fascinating structure. Anybody take like any kind of anatomy class at some point in their education? I know where like some people's minds might jump whenever you talk about anatomy class, but I loved anatomy class because it was it was so fascinating learning about how uh, the the deep intricacies of our body like produce life, like the very the very fact that your consciousness, like if I were to say think of a purple elephant, and your mind constructs a purple elephant. That's simply just the product of biochemical and electromagnetic reactions happening in an organic structure. Like, I know that might sound crazy to say, but that, the, the body is just a fascinating thing. I talk with my hands because it helps me express myself, and I love that I can do that. The body is a fascinating structure, and, and, and it is way too underrated. Honestly, uh, we often neglect our bodies, particularly uh, uh, in the realm of the church, uh, we often neglect talking about our bodies. Uh, and this comes from a, a, a part in 
human history uh, around the time of the uh, Greco-Roman Empire when they started to say that everything that is flesh or physical is bad, everything that is spiritual or abstract is good. Uh, and this is wrong. This is not the way that it's supposed to be. Uh, in fact, uh, we, we end up thinking through this kind of process that, that it's okay to neglect our bodies because what's most important is taking care of our soul. We, we believe that the soul is more important than the body. And once again, this comes out of a, a horrible misfortune uh, in the time of the Greeks whenever they distinguished that word soul as something that we have. Like we have this soul and that's what we need to actually nurture. Our body isn't as important. Originally, well, I say originally, if we were to go back into the Old Testament, the word soul means something completely different. Uh, and in the Hebrew context, the word soul is uh, nephesh. That's the Hebrew word that comes up as soul. And I know I'm talking about Hebrew when our text is from Greek, but bear with me for a second. Uh, that word nephesh, it's a whole lot more than just something we have. Uh, the best way to say this is we don't have a nephesh. We are nephesh. Does that make sense? <laughs> that's what, it's, a, it's a very complicated term. And, uh, go, go figure, that's what the Hebrews are really good at. Uh, the word nephesh refers to not only something that's within us or our consciousness or something spiritual, it refers also to our bodies. It refers also to our, our physical experiences here on earth. The word nephesh is an all-encompassing word. Everything that makes you who you are is your nephesh. You are nephesh. Uh, from, from your fingers to your toes to the experiences you have in your mind to the, to the way that you interact with the world, all of that is your nephesh. We are nephesh. And so I bring this up because it's important for us to recognize that the body is just as important as the soul. Uh, the Israelites, they didn't distinguish the two. They were both important, and they were both equal, and they were both intertwined and interlocked in such a way that they could not be separated. It wasn't until recently, in, in the uh, mid to late 1900s, that we started to re-accept this process. And, uh, and there's this movement that started to take place, particularly in mental health care, that uh, is called holistic counseling. And holistic counseling considers that we are not just this and this or this. It's that we are a whole entity and that the way that we think can affect our bodies. Like if we're really stressed out about something, guess what? Blood pressure is going to go up. Our experiences mentally affect our bodies physically. And similarly, our experiences physically affect us uh, mentally. Anybody ever heard of the word hangry? Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm going to hope Kristen doesn't go back and watch this. But my wife, she gets hangry like in, in an instant. It's incredible. If, if she starts getting hungry, I just know like need to give her space or get her some food because that hanger is coming quick. She, she gets hungry, she gets angry, 
and there's only one way to remedy the situation, and that's with food. So our physical experiences can also impact our uh, uh, mental experiences. And the same goes for our spiritual experiences. Uh, dozens of studies have shown that prayer, prayer, no matter the, the religion, prayer is both a, a stress-relieving experience and also a body-centering experience. So even spiritually, we interact uh, both uh, mentally and physically. So I'm going down a really long rabbit hole here to say the body is important. Very important. Uh, and, and in order to really get an understanding of this today, we're going to use two of our nine senses. Yeah, you heard me right, nine senses. We, uh, we probably all know that there are five senses that we experience the world through. Can we name those really quick? Sight, Sight. hearing, hearing. taste, yeah. smell. And I heard, yeah, touch. Yeah, so these are the five main senses that we're taught in uh, you know, elementary school on. Yeah. To, to be able to experience the world around us, we have touch, sight, smell, hearing, and taste. And you know, that makes up our experiences of the world. Uh, but there are four others, <laughs> believe it or not. And, and one, one of them could kind of be considered in, in those, but we'll just talk about those for a second. Uh, the uh, sixth one, is called interoception, which just means that's the way that we experience our bodies internally. Touch is how we experience, how our bodies experience the world around us. Like touch, I feel that is firm, that is hot. Don't want to get any closer to that, that was almost a mistake. Uh, these are soft, etc. cetera. Uh, that's what's called exteroception. Interoception is the way that we feel our bodies internally. Okay, everything from like uh, maybe a headache or feeling hungry uh, and on, on and on. Everything that happens internally is interoception. Now, some people argue that's just a part of touch. You're just experiencing feelings in a different part of the body, and that's perfectly fine. But the other three are uh, definitely different senses. Uh, the next one is proprioception. Which is, which is how we sense our place in space, okay? So without anything else happening around us, we can tell exactly where we are and what position our body is in. So I want you to take a, a moment and close your eyes. Now I want you to reach out an arm, just like reach it out far, keep your eyes closed. Can you tell where that arm is right now? That's proprioception. But, uh, but even more importantly, while, with that arm being out there, your body has done something you're not even aware of. It just engaged uh, several different muscle groups to keep your body from falling over. Because it knew your body was able to sense uh, that it was in a different position and it needed to compensate so that you know, if your arm's sticking out here, you don't just do this number. It engages these other muscle groups. That's proprioception, your experiences of yourself in space. The next one is uh, chronoception, which is your experiences in time. We're also able to sense time. Now, some of us are much better, some of us are much better at this than others. Uh, we're able to tell about how much time has passed while we've been sitting in a place or uh, whatnot. And we know that this is a sense because of the exact opposite that sometimes time seems to move faster or slower during certain circumstances. Like 
time moves faster when you're having fun kind of thing. Our chronoception, the way that we perceive time, is distorted by our other experiences. Uh, all that to say, we also, experience, we also have a sense about time. And if you ever want to hear more about these other senses, I'd love to talk to you about them. They're very fascinating. And then the uh, final sense that we have <laughs> is called empathy. And you've heard me talk about this one before many times. But this is the sense that we have to be able to experience somebody else's experiences. Have you ever just been sitting next to somebody and you can feel that they're really tense? You don't even have to look at them. They don't have to say anything. You just know that they're really tense. That's an attribute of empathy. We're able to sense other people's experiences and also relate to them. Okay, once again, another rabbit hole, but it is fun. Uh, I wanted to point out that we're going to be using two of our uh, total of nine senses that we have. You know, learn something new every day. I hope that was something new. Um, we're going to do a practice called body grounding. Okay, uh, and, and what this is is right where you are, I want you to take both feet and plant them firmly on the ground be able to feel the ground, and just kind of sit in a very comfortable position. You can, you know, hands on lap, beside you, whatever you want to do, just in a comfortable but planted position. And what I want you to do is take a moment and take note of how you feel right now. Maybe there's a part of you that feels like discomfort or pain. Maybe there's a part of you that just feels like really calm and relaxed. Maybe you've got a little itch on your left arm uh, maybe, you know, there's, I don't know, whatever, whatever experiences you might be feeling. And now here's what I want us to do. I want you to start by squeezing your toes. And just squeeze and then let go of your toes. And just see how your toes feel for a second. Now I want you to take your uh, calves, like the part that controls your ankles, and just kind of squeeze that for a second. Be careful, don't get a Charlie horse, no cramping in church. Uh, we don't have bananas on hand. Just kind of squeeze that and then let it go and then just feel how your calves and ankles feel. Then once you do the same with your quads, thigh muscles, just kind of like squeeze that area that controls your uh, knees around your hips and then just let that go and just see how your thighs feel for a second. Now let's do the abdomen, if you have abs. <laughs> Everybody has abs. Uh, and just kind of squeeze that for a second and then let it go and just feel how the abdomen feels. Maybe do the same with your back too, those lower back muscles. See if you can squeeze those. Those are kind of difficult to squeeze. Maybe you can kind of feel where they are. And then your shoulders. And let it go. And let's go ahead and do the biceps and triceps. Squeeze your upper arms. And let it go and just feel how that feels. Your forearms, control your wrists. Just kind of squeeze those muscles there and let them go. See how that feels. Your fingers, clench a fist. That might be a very common experience for us these days, just clenching a fist and let that go and see how your fingers feel. Now your neck muscles, we'll go back upward, and kind of like move that about. I'm really prone to pulling muscles in my neck. I don't know what that's about, but and just kind of feel how your neck feels for a second. And then uh, the funny one, I wish I could uh, take a picture of you all. Let's just squeeze your face. <laughs> and let that go and just see how your face feels. 
Uh, this is a practice, like I said, it's called body grounding. And what it does is it recenters your body and gives, gives you an opportunity to experience everything that we've been ignoring about our body uh, since like the time we woke up. We're really good at what's called desensitization, which is we're constantly being overwhelmed with our senses and we just kind of let some stuff fade into the background so we don't have to bother with it. This takes our body back into our perspective and allows us to sense and experience our body once more. And you may notice through this process that there are some parts of the body that maybe it needs a little bit more attention. Maybe there's a part that's been really sore and that really needs to be cared for. Maybe there's a part that uh, feels like it's not working properly and maybe we need some attention there. Uh, my, my point in doing this exercise is that our bodies need attention and they need to be cared for in a healthy way. And I, I wanted to do this because this helps translate into what Paul is talking about. Because the body of Christ is no exception. Being part of the body of Christ, the body of Christ also needs attention, the same way that our physical bodies need attention. And, and, and Paul tells us uh, that, that uh, God, this is starting in verse 24, God has so arranged the body giving the greater honor to the inferior members that there may be no dissension within the body, but the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together with it. If one member is honored, all rejoice together with it. Right? This understanding that we are all part of one body, and that one body needs to be cared for. And each part of that one body needs to be cared for. I don't know if you've ever, like, recently, like, stubbed your toe or bit your lip or something, something like that that happens common. Uh, whenever you do that, stub your toe, bite your lip, whatever, you ha have some sort of injury that's relatively minor, your body's in enough discomfort that nothing else matters except for that pain. Uh, I, I, I bit my lip the other day and, you know, swelled up just enough that I kept biting it like six more times throughout the day. And nothing else mattered going on in my body except for that pain that I was experiencing. In the church, we're really good at saying, at, at knowing that that discomfort is something we don't want to deal with. And so whenever one member of the body of Christ is suffering, we kind of tend to just keep it at just enough of a distance. We don't want to be cruel. Right? We know, we know that it, what it can look like to be cruel. Sometimes we're cruel. But we keep it at just enough of a distance to say, you keep that pain over there. We don't want the rest of our body to experience that pain. We get so wrapped up in just the joy of it all. But Paul says we need to be in this together. Being the body of Christ means that we work together for a common goal, that we're in this together, that we are one. And while we may be many members, we are still part of one. And, and just as our body compensates whenever one uh, part of our body is injured to try to uh, take care of the rest of it, uh, so too we should be doing that in the life of the church. Like, I don't know how many of y'all uh, might have 
practiced becoming ambidextrous because you broke your dominant, your dominant hand uh, or arm and had to learn to write with the other one. Anybody else have that experience? <laughs> yeah. uh, whenever one part of our body gets injured, we try to compensate with other parts. Or maybe you've hurt your leg before and so you put all that uh, weight on the other leg to try to take care of that injured part. For some reason, we don't do this in the life of the church. Uh, we don't note that we are in this together. And whenever I say in this together, I also want us to note that in this together also means the experiences that we're going through in our world. Y'all, this has been like my least favorite two years of my life. <laughs> I, was, I was thinking back uh, as we're getting closer to Lent is coming up pretty soon. I was thinking, you know, my time at Spring Hill Avenue, I know I haven't been here that long, but I still haven't experienced a normal Easter. <laughs> Uh, with this church, which is you know, really sad for me. Um, I haven't experienced a normal Lent either uh, and, and only experienced one normal Christmas. I was thinking back to our Christmas cantata and how much fun that is and everything. Uh, yeah, these are like not great times that we're in and it just seems like endless. Uh, the fact that we're displaced from our uh, home building, uh, are you know, very grateful to have this space, but it's already disorienting and and, and I need us to recognize how much we are in this together because I need each of us to recognize how important it is that we care for one another. There's a song that dates back, I feel like 2005 maybe, somebody will have to correct me. Uh, it's a song by Casting Crowns called we, If We Are the Body. And the chorus of the song says these words. I won't sing it to you today, I know. Uh, but it says, if we are the body, why aren't his arms reaching? Why aren't his hands healing? Why aren't his words... Wait. Should have written this down. I had it memorized last night. Nobody. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> uh, the, the premise of the song is asking, if we are the body of Christ, then why aren't we seeing Jesus do anything? You know that whole age-old question like, why do bad things happen to good people or good things happen to bad people? Like, how could a good God allow that to happen? This song kind of turns the question around and says, if you are the body of Christ, how could you be letting that happen? Right? Uh, and, and I was thinking about this song during this part, like, the church hasn't been as active as it once was during these past two years, for obvious reasons. Uh, and I imagine the most primary one at this point is because we're tired. The body cannot do what it's supposed to do if we do not take care of it, if we do not rest, if we, not, if we don't uh, feed it good food. If we don't take care of the body, the body isn't going to be good or useful. And so as Paul's talking about the body of Christ, I want us to recognize the importance of being the body of Christ and that you are important as a member of it, that no part of the body is more important than the others, while we might think I would much rather save my head than my foot, uh, in the concept of the body of Christ, each part is necessary for the mission of Christ. The feet take us where we need to go. The head orders us and administrates us, uh, takes in the, the senses and the vision. The, the hands reach and heal and do good. Uh, the heart beats for those who are oppressed, etc., etc. Each part of the body is needed, and each part of the body needs to be cared for. So, I get to this point where I say my challenge to each of you for this week, and really for as long as it takes, is to take 
care of the body. Your physical body, yes, and the body of Christ. We need to be caring for the body of Christ the same way that we care for our own. And we do this through a similar process of body grounding, like we just did to check in on our bodies. We're also able to check in on the body of Christ by just talking to one another, helping one another out. If you find yourself as a person who is more invigorated during this time, then be the part of the body that cares for or compensates for the other parts. If you're a person who is feeling less capable right now, then care for yourself. And, just as importantly, let others care for you as well. Every culture, uh, every culture of humanity has their own flaws, but one of the most worthless aspects, I mean that worthless aspects about living in the West, particularly in America, is this notion that you should care for yourself and not expect anybody else to care for you. That you should take care of yourself and not be somebody else's problem. I think that's just like the most garbage notion that we could have ever adopted as a people. Y'all, we're social creatures. We need each other. Have you ever heard the expression, it takes a village? It literally takes a village to do anything as humanity. And we, for some reason, have neglected that and said, you know what? You be your own problem, I'll be my own problem, and we'll just, if you do you, I'll do me, and we'll, everything will be fine. That's a terrible idea. That's not a healthy way to interact with human beings as social creatures. We're supposed to be there to care for one another, to lift one another up in those harder times while we feel strengthened. And then whenever we go through harder times, we let somebody else take care of us and work with us. Uh, and, and what I'm trying to say here is that you are never a problem. You are never a problem, especially in the body of Christ. We just have too much selfishness in our own culture. We need to be the body of Christ and care for one another as our own, as if it's part of our own body. Because I tell you what, if I hurt my hand, I'm going to take care of my hand. I'm not just going to cut it off and say, oh, that hand was injured, don't want to deal with that anymore. That's a terrible idea. Instead, we care for it, recognizing this is an important part of our identity. We need to be doing the same as part of the body of Christ. We are in tough times. And I won't pretend to know when the end will come for any of this. So I'll simply say that we need to care for the body of Christ as much as we care for our own bodies. And perhaps even better than we care for our own bodies in some instances. So let us pray.